Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. We are mere hours away from the start of the Big Ten season. It is a long time coming. Um, there are, you know, you know how there are some families have like yearly family get togethers, which just a toy is, you know, the third week in July or something like that. And it just comes and you're excited for it. It's going to be fun. That's how a typical start of the big 10 season is. This one is more like a bigger deal. It's like a, a trip to Europe that you'd thought was planned and then it wasn't. But now all of a sudden it's like you realize you're just hours away from like, you're, oh my God, I, I'm going to the airport. I'm, I'm going to Europe. Like, that's how I feel with this, the season coming on. Okay. Right and not to be, I don't want to be negative here, but do you ever have a trip that you're waiting for and waiting for all year, let's say? And you know, it's just like a short weekend trip. And you're like, before you even go, you're like, it's going to go by so fast. Yes. That's how I feel right now. That's a really good point. I know exactly what you mean. Like, and I know that's a negative way to think, but it's like, you're already almost disappointed before you go. Yeah. Damn it. You're yeah. like, damn it. In two days, I'm going to be right back here. No, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, and then maybe there's some, uh, some, some bad news here and there. Like, oh, cousin John isn't going to be able to make it. Yeah. You know, like sure. something came up with work. We've had a couple of those things go down too. Yeah. So, and you know, maybe we should kind of prep listeners for this. There's probably going to be some games that don't get played. I don't. I don't think there's any doubt that's yeah. going to happen. You're talking obviously COVID throughout, related throughout the year. Yeah, COVID Not related. Not so much this weekend. No, no, no. Specifically. This weekend, I think we're good. But yeah. you know, if you look at across the country, some of the outbreaks that have happened at various programs. If you have the equivalent outbreak at a Big Ten program, they're going to cancel the game. Right. So, right. So it's, it's going to happen. It's probably going to happen. Obviously, we're placing. This is. We haven't even said it yet. This is the predictions pod that we're doing here. Yes, uh, it is. So, um, obviously, we're basing all of our predictions off of each team playing eight Big Ten games. Um, we're not going to take the time to predict who the crossover games are because they, they aren't scheduled. So, it just seems like it's kind of hard to do this. So Too many variables There's there. just too many variables yeah. there. We kind of came to that conclusion. but um, So, yeah, I mean, obviously... My team, your team, your team uh, might not get the whole eight games in. I sure hope they all do, but we are living in the in the world of realism, and it just doesn't seem realistic that all these games are going to get played. Yep, we are living in 2020, the year of the upside down. Yes, a little uh, Stranger if you're, Things. If you're a Stranger reference. Things fan out there. Show started off strong. I don't know. It, it faded it, about pe- midway through yeah. the second season for me. I, I didn't see the last, the very last episode of season two. And I wasn't really that upset about it. No. I, sh- I should probably go back and take a look at that because I think there's going to be another season, isn't I there? Think so. I, I think I think they've had three. Oh, did I miss the third <laughs> one? See, that's how excited I was sure. for the third one. Shoot, man, I'm, I, there could be a third or fourth. But season but... one was awesome. Season one was amazing, yeah. Um, yeah, so speaking of the stuff that we talked about before, there's a couple, couple uh, COVID-related changes or things to talk about. Well, one thing we have here, not necessarily a... COVID. I mean, I guess it's an it offshoot is, of yeah. COVID. So the Big Ten has provided each school with crowd noise audio tracks to play during the game. And they've given you limits on how loud you can play them. I'm not sure who's, you know, 
who's who's making sure that happens or not. But they can be played up to 70 decibels during the game and can be increased to a maximum of 90 decibels during, you know, exciting celebratory moments for the home team. Yeah. Um, So there is there are devices that you can hold up. You can download apps that will tell you how many decibels you're at on your phone. Um, Going back to my uh, safety days here. do Do you know what the permissible level is for decibel levels that you're supposed to stay under it's you know like that's okay. geared for a job site for osha but sure so yeah. job site so they're they're thinking eight hours a day of exposure correct the 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 time it's time times decibel level yes. okay i'm guessing it's got to be below 70 i'm gonna say like 35 oh wow no 85 decibels oh wow okay yeah. so it, they want you and, and typically, yeah, it's a time-weighted thing. But yeah, they, they don't want you going over 85 decibels at any time. And then they don't want you going. There's a certain amount where if you have a constant decibel level, but it just doesn't happen very often. Sure. You're typically not running a tool for eight hours a day. So, okay, so if yeah. you you think about being in a packed stadium with loud crowd noise. Definitely over 85 Right. I mean, they're limiting but, to 90, but it's probably more than 90, isn't it? I would think so. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely getting over. I mean, uh, it's gotta a be whiteout a, Penn State crowd is definitely over 100. Get over easily. 100. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you could, that's a lot of crowd. That's a lot of noise then for a, a work site, I would think. Yep. Yep. Um, so when do you have to start wearing earplugs? At 85. At 85. Yeah. Okay. So, like any earplug or ear devices, you'll, they will have a, a rating on there that will actually, what you know what level you're at that's sure. taken under 85 so yeah. um if your ears ring your ears ever ring before oh uh, sure yeah. yeah like a something goes off that's loud that is actually the cilia which is the teeny 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 tiny little hairs in your ear that pick up the audio that's them dying it's the cilia dying in Ooh, your ears really and once they're dead they're dead every time you hear it every time your ears ring you have lost a percentage of hearing that will never come back. Oh, wow. That's a thing. Okay. One time I was down in Kentucky visiting my uncle. Lives, I'm not joking, in the woods. Like, he doesn't have neighbors. Let's just put it that way. Brought my dog down. So we just were doing, you know, country stuff. Dog was running around the countryside. Me and my uncle were hunting. We were shooting guns. We shot um, shot a rifle. I can't remember what kind of rifle. Um, an Ot 6, I believe. And didn't have any hearing protection on. Not good. Well, not good, but, you know, we're outdoors. Sure. I didn't even yeah. think about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, my my right ear instantly started ringing. Yeah. And did not stop. Drove all the way home. Yep. Meanwhile, my poor dog, um, he wasn't acting well on the way home. <sighs> he turns and looks at me, and he's got a big, massive, you know, like, um, inflamed ball. on. The, like, it looked like a football ball pushing out the side of his face. He had gotten a fight with my oh, uncle's dog, okay. didn't realize it. Wow. Had caught him right on the, the side of his mug, and it had just swollen up like this. So he's miserable. I'm miserable. I had to take him to the vet. I had to go to the ear doctor. Jeez. So I called my uncle and said, I'm not, we're not coming back. We're, I'm a city boy. Yes, you could do that. I would say leave the dog at home and then wear some hearing protection yes. when, you're, when you're shooting the gun. But again, you know what I mean? Those are things that for sure all the way through my 20s, Never even would have thought about that stuff. No. But as you get older, you know, things you, things you have to pay attention to. Reinforce the fact that I'm an avid endorsement. Avid. It's just one of those moments in my life where I say, okay, this is not for me. Uh, another uh, update is that I um, um, Purdue coach Jeff Brom diagnosed with COVID. Um, the general 
thoughts that are are put on to Twitter is that he will not be coaching uh, this weekend. I don't think it's been 100% confirmed, but it's it's darn near confirmation at this point. So Yeah, I don't think he's going to be coaching. And the, the rule for coaches is out 10 days versus players out 21 days. So he should be able to coach in game two. Just going to be out for game one. Now let's go back to the crowd noise, though. Okay. How Watching football so far, how do you feel about the artificial crowd noise? Um, I think I'm in the minority here where I appreciate it. I do, too. Okay. I do, too. Um, I've seen a lot of people just say they hate it, they're annoyed by it, but... No, it just makes me forget a little bit when, yes. they're, when they're not panned out Correct. where you can see the stands, when they're just focused in on the game only. It kind of makes me forget that there's no fans there. 100%. And I think we talked about this before. The other thing, too, is even if they only have 25%, which easily they can space out... I mean, spacing out 25% in Michigan Stadium. Oh, you could no problem. You, you could shout at somebody that far away from you, and you're, you're yes. not even going to hear it. So, but any point I'm trying to make is even when there's 25% people in a stadium, it still provides a feel to it. It so does. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that we come to our senses here pretty soon. But, you know, I have less and less faith that we're coming to our senses in almost anything, let alone bringing uh, uh, fans into the, these monstrous Big Ten stadiums. Agreed. Okay. All right. We good? Get get into the meat and potatoes here? Let's, let's, yeah, let's get into it. All right. This is the much anticipated, much uh, sandbagged predictions. This is as late as we can possibly have done it. Yes. And yes. apologies. Again, this yeah. is our hobby, not our job. Correct. Life gets in the way. So yep. we're just happy that we're getting it done. Yep. And we've got uh, the week one previews coming out too. Yes. So you're, I mean, we we have been spitting out pods a lot, pretty quick here. So, um, so how we're going to do this format is what we're talking here. We are going to flip a coin. I, I have a Susan B. Anthony quarter right here uh, as given to me by my podcast partner. So we're going to flip this up in the air. First flip is going to be if we're going to do the Big Ten East or West first. When we break each uh, division down, we're going to go down one by one alphabetically. Kurt and I, we're going to call it the pains and gains of each team. So we're kind of just giving you our last thoughts on why we kind of place them where we're at. Then we will uh, flip the quarter again. Who goes first? Kurt goes first or I go first. We think it's a lot easier to do that. Um, instead of trying to go back and forth, that gets really confusing. Um, and then for the second one, obviously, we'll be the other division. And we'll just go ahead and say the opposite person will go first for the second one. Does that make sense? Yeah. I probably just confuse people more stating it, but they'll figure it out. It. Okay. All right. So first up, Big East or Big West? I didn't say heads or tails. Which one do you heads east? Heads east, tails, tails west. west. Okay. Heads east. We are starting out with the Big Ten East. All right. So alphabetically speaking, again, just going to go through kind of our last thoughts here. You want to start out yourself? All right. So starting with pains and gains for the Indiana Hoosiers. Is that who you yep, got? Indiana Hoosiers. Yep. Okay. So the gains for Indiana Hoosiers, overall up arrow for this program, gaining confidence, defense com comes back intact. Uh, the pain... Talent's still not up to the top three in the conference, losing Marcelino Ball. Um, but I guess back to game, just, I think, excellent skill position players Yep, right now. That's pretty much exactly what I have. Passing game, passing weapons, Penix's mobility. There's going to be times as a opposing Big Ten fan base, you're going to think you got Indiana short up on third and long, and Penix is going to get out and get a first down. It's going to drive you nuts, but it's going to make Indiana Hoosiers happy. The overall direction of the Hoosiers is good, but in the end, 
the health of Penix. So I got a I got a Penix on the plus and minus here. I'm nervous about him his ability to stay healthy over an eight nine ten game uh, uh, season, and then just kind of making those plays when they need to. Um, they there was plays like that versus you know Michigan State last year in the bowl game. You know they they need to get over that hump over yep. one of the big boys in the conference. Yes. Uh, show me state type of stuff. I need the Hoosiers to show it to me before I'm going to believe it. Yeah. Let's just throw in like confidence, I guess like that, that the name on the front of the Jersey type cop confidence. Yep. They don't have that yet. Correct. They still need to earn it. All right. That'll get us to the Maryland Terrapins. I'll go first here. Let's go back and forth. Uh, so the gains, you know, recruiting direction, you know, they're good recruiters. Sure. Um, there are talents and spots on offense. Unfortunately, that's, about it that I can say the pains are a lot. Uh, the tackling, the getting off the blocks, the D-line, the O-line, the quarterback staying healthy, the schedule, you know. I mean, the winnable games are week one and two, but they would have greatly uh, benefited from having uh, um, weaker opponents non-conference. Non that was all taken away. It just looks tough for Maryland. Yeah, so agree with all that. Still have decent talent. I'm going to throw in the fact that they got a tag of Iowa at quarterback. Let's not forget about that. Um, as far as uh, pains, offensive line, defensive line. I just can't get past those two. I think they're they might be the worst in the league at both of those, which usually I, results in bad football. Correct. I don't even know if that's up for debate. What you just said right yeah. there. So, okay, moving on. Michigan Wolverines. Okay, so obviously they we know they lose a lot, but they still have top talent. It's gonna it may take them a couple games to to um, you know kind of break that talent in, develop some chemistry, and kind of the opposite of the Hoosiers. They still got that Wolverines name. They still got the Wolverines mentality. So when they go into a tough game against a lower opponent, they usually have kind of that mental advantage. Obviously lost a ton from last year, and to me, I'm just going to keep saying this until they change my mind. No game breakers, no game changers on offense. Really almost exactly what I have. Um, you know, the buzz around Joe Milton is, is a, is a, is a gain. I believe if, sure. if, if we are to believe it's true. Okay. Um, Harbaugh came out this week, very positive things to say about him as well, but I almost feel like the, the pain could be also wrapped around Milton because I just haven't seen it yet. Um, even his high school per, uh, completion percentage, not great. I mean, obviously that can have a ton to do with what your sporting cast was, but you know, I, I believe in the defense. I believe there is talent on the roster. I think the defense will be good from, from day one, but the, the, the overall feel of the offense hasn't been spectacular for the last couple years. I'm just not seeing anything right now that, that gives me a lot of confidence that it's going to look, look good right from the get go. All right. Switching over to the Michigan state Spartans, you know, one, I think that's one of the teams that I maybe wound up liking a little bit more once we did the deep dives and kind of checked in with people. I think the offensive line and skill positions are good. I, I, I think there's a lot of good stuff here. And then, you know, just having Antoine Simmons on your defense, along with the defensive, just, you know, the typical prowess that we've seen. It's it's a proud group of guys, you know, like guys that are upperclassmen have certainly been a part of what solid defenses are. I think all of that stuff uh, can help out. But the, the pains here are brand new coaching staff. So even the offense being the side of the ball that we like the most, 
that is tough because then you have that usually the offense comes around last, you know, after the defense for as far as new schemes being able to to adapt to the players or or back and forth. So that that to me is the stuff that and and one thing another thing I want to point out the schedule it the schedule set up better for them at the beginning you know like having the more winnable games once you get past week one I mean it's it's pretty tough for 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 the program to get going there sure uh, I'm gonna give an analogy here you know that gif the famous gif that has been going around for years of that girl trying I think she's trying kombucha. And she drinks yes. it, and she kind of makes a, like a good face, then, then a bad face, ah, then yep. a good face, then a bad face, and like shakes her head, and she doesn't know what to think about it. That's how I have been with Michigan State this whole offseason. Yeah. First time I looked at their roster, I'm like, you know, that's not as bad as what people are making it out to be. But then you think about they don't have a quarterback. Um, but then you think, well, they had all those injuries at the offensive line. So I, I think they should be a lot better on the offensive line. They do have good playmakers, but then they don't have a lot of depth. So I just... I have a bunch of things I'm going back and forth on. I think I'm settled on they're still kind of a bottom half team. Um, still got a ways to go, basically. Yep. But no quarterback is one of the, the is probably the big thing for me. No proven quarterback on this roster that we know of. Oh, yes. Moving on to the Ohio State Buckeyes. The gain. Well, everything, just about. Yep. I would say the pain is just no J.K. Dobbins. That's about it. And then. Maybe Justin Fields, if he goes down with COVID. Um, otherwise, I just can't think of a whole lot of yeah. negative to say about this. I mean, I feel like sometimes you're like, Ohio State almost gets cheated out because there's just not there's not details to go through. It's all it's all good. It's just a whether it's going to be good or elite. So there's nothing on here that I think is going to be even average. It's just, is it going to be amazing? Sure. Like, like it was last year. But you, you hit it. Justin Fields, got to stay healthy. Even when he got dinged up last year, I felt like the offense kind of took a dip down. He played in every game. Um, the um, um, And then, you know, no J.K. Dobbins, so figuring out a way to fit the system to two or three running backs. And I would say just the, the D-line pass rush. But, like, there's as I say that, I don't actually expect the D-line pass rush to be sure. average even. It's just it was so amazing last year. There's just no Chase Young. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only thing. So, okay. All right. So, Penn State, Nittany Lions. I mean, overall, team talent is excellent. Their overall depth is excellent. The defense, I think the O-line is going to look better. Uh, we actually can confirm one bad thing on the negative now that I guess we forgot on the, the beginning. Uh, Journey Brown is officially out for the year, something that the Eyes on Big podcast actually talked about a week and a half ago. Thank you to our insider. Um, so that is a negative to me, but even then, it's not so bad because we believe that their running back room was four deep. Sure. Now, taking Journey Brown out, it, it's a loss because he was their home run hitter. But in the end, like the only real negative that I see is the passing game just taking that next step. And I think it can do it. It's more just a question, can it? Because I don't even think the passing defense that we kind of talked about, I think it's going to be fine. The passing defense is going to be is going to be fine to, to good. It's really just taking that next step with Clifford in the passing game. Okay, so I'm I'm going to just add a little bit to the gain side. There, they're pretty much good at every position group, as you said, but they're they're not Ohio State good. They're still a poor man's Ohio State. 
in, in addition to losing Journey Brown, who, by the way, did you know ran a 10.43100 in high school? I didn't know that until I saw it. 10.43. That's that's blazing fast, especially for a running back, but also no, no Micah Parsons. Let's not forget about that, yeah. although they have a ton of talent at that uh, linebacker position. So my I guess basically almost everything I said for Ohio State applies here, just not as much. Just a just a bit off. Correct. Yep. But here's I'm gonna say one more thing on the paint or the gain side. This is a really talented or I'm sorry, um confident team. Very the 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 team's confident, the fans are confident, they've been kind of they feel like this is a crest that they've been kind of waiting for. So maybe there's maybe they're gonna be a surprise. Maybe. Fan base, team, coaches, everybody involved with Penn State seem to want to play football. You know, that's another thing yeah. too. That's a that's a really good game. Okay, moving on. Finally, last team in the East, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. For the gain side, Greg Schiano. Just needed a change here. This is a guy who's a proven winner. He's done it before at this program. You can see an instant flip in the attitude of this team. He's brought in a lot of transfers. They've got absolutely nothing to lose this year. They're just playing for the hell of it for fun. And they get a Lorem Lumore back. Like, which was we talked about that in the preview how if he had come back we like the d line so i think what you're going to see is something resembling american football out of this team this year i think they're going to be a much more organized yeah. team yeah. um how, with that said they're still ruckers they still have ruckers talent it's still probably the least talented roster in the big 10 so don't expect a whole lot just expect it to look more like football you nailed it um yeah just the overall feel and it is still amazing what Shiano has got has been able to get accomplished on the roster. It just looks better than it did nine months ago. I don't I mean, know how he's done it. It just he did it. It's so. not even like it's it's a glaring difference. Yeah, it's just amazing what yeah. he's done in yeah. such a short time. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like kitchen rehab stuff. Like wow, yeah. that looks better. Yeah, like yeah. you walk into it's someone's just, house, this, yeah. looks like crap because they have a crappy kitchen. Yep. You redo the kitchen, it's like you got a whole new house almost. Um, yeah, and the pain, I would say even more just like schemes and first-year coach into this weird deal, and then the schedule. Like, it just was a more manageable schedule before all this went down. So sure. we're going to do a flip, all right? Yes, sir. Your heads. I have tails. Tails. I am going first. All right. Here we go. Starting from the bottom up. There was two spots that I felt the most confident about in the Big Ten East. Who was going to be number one and who was going to be number seven? I got Maryland number seven, the last of the Big Ten East. I got them going 0-8 in the conference, so that's just where I'm at. Rutgers, I got six at 1-7. and seven. I got them beating, obviously, Maryland, okay? Um, I like where Rutgers is heading just Tough spot for schedule and everything like we talked about. Fifth place, I've got Michigan State, okay? Now, the funny thing is, is this, I mean, you could flip five and six right from the first game of the week here, okay? Um, I, I There was a time in my mind where Rutgers was going to finish in front of Michigan State. But in the end, I just feel like the fact since... Rutgers is a new coaching staff like Michigan State. The overall roster talent would be there more for Michigan State, so I I, I kept them at fifth. 
Number four, probably not a huge surprise here. I do have the Indiana Hoosiers. I have them at five and three with their losses being to the big boys, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. There's a win in there that you might pick out. So I actually have Indiana beating Wisconsin, okay? Um, I believe this is a good team, all right? I want them to do better than what they have even last year. I just got to see it to believe it. And, and I, you know, we kind of already alluded to it. But don't be surprised if Indiana finishes higher, you know. But, you know, and this is probably another thing we should have said. But, you know, somebody's got to finish second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh in these divisions. So Indiana is there. Number three, I have the Michigan Wolverines at six and two. So I think I wind up liking them more than what other people do. Okay. Um, I have this sneaking suspicion that Joe Milton is going to look good. That is mostly what I'm I'm placing this off, off of, is that Joe Milton is just going to have a good year. He doesn't need to have a amazing year. He does not have to be the love child of Cam Newton, John Elway, and Joe Montana. He just needs to oh, did be... Did we throw John Elway in there too? Well, we can throw more in. He just needs to be good and then along with that defense and i think what should be a pretty decent surrounding cast by the middle of the year they can be fine um so and with michigan's losses i have to just ohio state and penn state which brings us to the second place spot penn state at seven and one i have a close loss week two for for the nittany lions very good team. This team would win a lot of divisions in college football. They would win both in the Pac-12. They would win one of them, the, the non-Clemson division in the ACC. I believe they would win the non-Alabama. Uh, I, I, I believe they would win the SEC East. But they are in the division with the Ohio State Buckeyes, who I have winning the, the conference, the division at 8-0. and oh, There's just nothing there that I see different. Okay, you're up. Okay. Uh, this may sound like a broken record a little bit okay. when I get started here. Uh, starting at the bottom, I have the Maryland Terrapins at also 0-8. Okay. Sorry, Locke. Sorry, Terps fans. But yes, I have them losing head-to-head to this next team. In the sixth position, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights at... One and seven. Okay, so we're with their dead on so far. Dead on so far, with their one win being Maryland, of course. Moving up from there, this is where it starts to get a little bit tougher, but I also have the Michigan State Spartans finishing at two and six with their two victories being Rutgers and Maryland. So we're dead on so far. We're dead on so yep. far. Moving up from there, I have the Indiana Hoosiers. Wow. Okay. At number four, finishing at four and four with their wins coming over Rutgers. Michigan State, Maryland, and Purdue to finish off the year. Comes to number three. I have the Michigan Wolverines. So okay. But I have met a little different record than you do. I have met four and four, losing wow. to Minnesota, losing to Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State. Wow. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Moving up to my number two. This is the hardest one. Who was going to win the division? And I am saying right now, I'm going on a limb. I'm calling it. It is going to be the 
Ohio State Buckeyes winning. So Penn State at number two with their only loss being to Ohio State. So finishing at 7-1. And then I have Ohio State undefeated at 8-0. So we are dead on for our how we see them finishing. The only difference is record for the wins and losses and how they get there. I have, yep, little, just a little bit difference on the wins and losses. Very little, though. Um, we're almost spot on. My biggest difference is I have Michigan at 4-4, four and four, and I really contemplated picking Indiana, beating them head-to-head, and finishing third, and then having Michigan fourth at 3-5. and five. Wow. Okay. All right. So before we sat down, Kurt and I talked. We Again, we are finding each other's picks out at the exact same time you are, um, well, so to speak. Um, but we both predicted to each other that we were going to be chalky. Yes. And that our picks would be similar. So we've called it. At this point, we are dead on. Again, the only thing that's different is the record. Okay. So that will get us to the Big Ten West. Once again, this is alphabetically going down the line. Um, I think it makes perfect sense for you to start out here. Sure. I will start with my beloved. Illinois fighting a line. I in the West. Gaines. This is a very old team. One of the oldest in the country, veteran. They are running the same systems that they have been running on offense for three years and defense for longer than that. They've got skill position players. They've got plenty of wide receivers. I'm not worried about running backs. I know they don't have a big name there. I think Brandon Peters takes a step forward. Uh, Also return a lot on defense. However, defensive line, that's where we start our pains. Defensive line could be ugly. There's times I look at it and I can... Kind of see well. I could see them coming together a little bit. You got, you got uh, three, actually four seniors starting on the defensive line. You got a couple decent depth pieces in the middle. I'm a little, little more scared about the defensive end depth, but I'm thinking about guys maybe making leaps. But still, it's just a lot of questions there. I just can't, I can't assume their defensive line is going to be good. Depth is going to be another one. They're still Illinois. You know, I Rutgers fans. I'm not just piling on you. This is still Illinois, so they're not going to have the depth. So. Yeah, I think I'm pretty close to that. Um, As far as, so the experience is all around. I mean, I've got that as one of the first ones there. And then with Peters as the quarterback, who I think is pretty underrated even among Big Ten fans. It's just when I think of the experience that's playing, it's kind of like if somebody asked you, you know, ask you about how the cheeseburger was. You're like, oh, it's good. That's a good burger. And, and you, you know, maybe the person who cooked it like, is looking for more. But you, you, you'd be lying if you're like, that cheeseburger was amazing. But it wasn't a bad cheeseburger. Right. It was a good cheeseburger. A couple weeks from now, if offered that cheeseburger, you would eat that cheeseburger again. Sure. It's just not the most memorable cheeseburger you've ever had. That's kind of how I feel about around the roster with Illinois. Is that sure. fair? Yeah. Um, the negative is, back to Brandon Peters, this is kind of a theme of mine, I guess. Can he stay healthy? The health of Brandon Peters, I think, is huge. The other side of it is um, a lot of the success was built on the turnovers last year. Like, we are talking... Big-time comebacks, big-time wins, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan State, because of of, of energy-fueled turnovers that got the team going. I still think they're going to turn the ball over well because it's a Lovey Smith, you know, axiom. But if it's just not quite as pronounced, will it wind up affecting the whole team negatively? Those are good ones. I like it. Okay. Moving on to the Iowa Hawkeyes. I feel like there's a lot to like here. Um Essentially, every position on offense 
except for the quarterback. I mean, the wide receivers are four or five deep with two tight ends, two, three really good running backs. The offensive line battled through injuries bad last year, but because of that, that O-line has depth even with losing you know, an all-star right tackle. There are definitely losses on defense, but the general thought process I'm having is that the Iowa defense usually just looks like the Iowa defense. I have confidence that it will look pretty good. There's a lot of stuff there. Um, now, the, uh, there is a buzz around Spencer Petras, the quarterback, so I, I'm excited to see it as an Iowa fan, but that gets me into the pains. That's a rookie quarterback. Till I see him make two or three big third and seven plus plays. I just don't know if it's if it's there. I won't know it's there until I see it. And then the pass rush. I am nervous about the, the pass rush. It it can't be all Chauncey Golson. Somebody else, two two guys, two or three guys are gonna have to step up and be a force in that side of the ball. Okay, so not a whole lot to add to that. You really love that third and seven benchmark. That's mm-hmm. a Jeffrey the Greek benchmark right there. <laughs> yeah, I'll be looking for that as well. So I, I just to expand kind of on what you said uh, offensively, this is still Iowa, but then you add in the fact that they've got better playmakers at the skill positions than they've had in a long, long time. I still think this is the best receiving group I can remember for going back years and years. So, you know, you, you think about some of the previous Iowa teams that haven't had game breakers and they, and they still played well right so it's like you're adding this other element they're still going to have a good offensive line i'm glad you mentioned the pass rush i'm concerned about that um also the fact that they've lost so many guys over the last two to three years and i know it's iowa they're always going to be replacing with good players but they've just it seems like for three years in a row now oh my gosh they lost all these guys oh my gosh they lost these guys so i just wonder if we're finally digging down deeper into that well yeah could be one more thing i'd like to point out the special teams are excellent yes and that's good going point. to be huge i mean when you have a kicker that good a returner that good sloppier games that are going to get played i think could lean towards field position even more these are things that i think could, and you could, could say the same for illinois as well yeah absolutely okay moving on to the minnesota golden gophers right here in minneapolis first thing i've got is the confidence that they have coming off an 11-2 and two season. Second thing I've got is the coaching of P.J. Fleck. I think despite some of the things we've talked about in the offseason, I think he's going to have his team ready to play this year. Um, and just the offense in general. This is going to be a high-powered offense again. Now, Paynes, they lose a lot on this D, especially up front. The D is raw, but they're not totally green. They've got, they've got some experience Boya Mafia's played for uh, before on the defensive line. Mike do Treadway. So I think they will be fine on defense, but probably not quite as good as last year. They will take a step back there. Yeah, I mean, the gains are they've got, you know, the one, two, three punch. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, uh, as good as just about anybody in the league. That alone should give Gopher fans a lot of confidence for how the team uh, is going to look on offense and just overall. Um, um, uh, 2019, you know, coming off a big year, those are good things. Uh, The the schedule, I think, sets up pretty well. I I have confidence in Rossi, a defensive coordinator, you know. Um, The the other side of it is, I mean, we've got two offensive linemen that 
we're almost for sure are going to be gone. I mean, we are, we won't know until the, 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 they walk out, but it seems like Dunlop at guard and Mount Falele at right tackle are not going to be playing versus Michigan and potentially the rest of the year. So I just don't know if I believe that yet. I don't e- I'm not saying I do either, but it seems like it's general knowledge. There's a lot to replace on the defense. Apparently there's guys that are out even more on top of the experienced guys. Two or three starters that they were expecting are going to be out for these first week, week or two. You know, with Minnesota, there are times where it reminds me of, it pains me to say this, but it reminds me of the resurgence, the first resurgence under Kirk Ferentz at Iowa started to look better in 01. That's kind of what they look like in 2018. Then 2019, they took that big step up, which was kind of like Iowa's uh, 2002 year when all of a sudden they won the Big Ten. And I remember people going into that second year, 2003, and they're like, well, that was a nice flash in the pan, Iowa, but you're you're not going to do it again. And then Iowa won 10 games that year. Which one is this going to be? Is it going to be a flash in the pan, or do they prove to the country like Iowa did so many years ago, no, this is a program that is now built to do this, and they'll keep doing it. All right, next up, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. You know, the desire, the desire to play. It, it has been a unified message from top to bottom, right? From the president of the of the uh, um, uh, university all the way down to the third string guard. They, they have wanted to play football. That does matter to me. Overall, offensive talent and weapons, although young, very, very talented, okay? I think to a certain degree, you can say that about the defense as well. Um, lots of good things that look like they are pieces that are moving into place for a very proud football program. But the pain side of it is the young. It's the youth. I mean, it, youth gets you and it, and it hurts you, okay? And the way the schedule set up before, where they had a chance to roll into the season, would have been a good thing for this young team. Now they have got just a gauntlet. I mean, when the easiest game that you have in the first four is at Northwestern, who's always a tricky team to play for everybody, let alone Nebraska, that is a really tough four-game schedule. If they feel like they're, you know, almost mathematically out of it by the by the fifth week of the season, it could really have a tough detrimental you know, feel, give, you know, would give a feel to the football team and the coaching staff making it tough. And the last thing I would add is, I mean, it looks like it's 1A and 1B for quarterback for Martinez and McCaffrey. So the positive side of that is they have two good players. And I think that's the truth, but I just am, I am a person that just is just scared spitless of quarterback controversies. I just don't feel like they ever play out well i want to see that play out for a, a good way it, it for for this to be a, a good thing for nebraska okay gains for me i i have challenged this offensive line there's no reason they shouldn't be much better this year than they have been in the past i expect them to be better and i agree. expect that to help, definitely agree help the entire offense overall and help adrian peter or adrian Adrian Peterson, Adrian <laughs> Martinez as well. Also third year with Scott Frost. Third year is when you usually start seeing a big upswing for teams. Now on the pain side of things, obviously you mentioned the youth. I won't go into that too too much deeper. But um, 
need to see more back out of these linebackers, just linebacking crew in general. And I have just the, the brutal schedule where you may take a step forward this year, but you may not know it because it won't reflect in the, in the final record of this team, just because the schedule is so brutal. All right. So moving on to the Northwestern Wildcats from Evanston, Illinois. The first thing I have for gain is I can't imagine that Fitzy magic wand has lost its magic. Has it not completely? It just went into a little bit of a slumber last year. I feel like they get a little bit of that magic back. He's a great, great coach. So I think he's going to get him back on track compared to last year. Obviously a very good defense. They should be as good as they were last year. And on offense, it can't be worse, right? It's got to be better. And you add Peyton Ramsey, who we both love on this podcast. Uh, the pain is, I'm going to talk up both sides of my mouth because it, that offense was so bad last year. How much will just a new quarterback help them, plus they're learning a new system? So there, you can still see this being a team that's good on defense, but st- just still can't bust a grape on offense. And they couldn't run or pass the ball la- last year. Yeah, I mean, you are, <laughs> it's like we wrote each other's, you know, breakdowns here. My first thing that I have for gain is Fitz factor. I can't believe they'll be bad two years in a row. This is exactly what right. I have written down here. I do think even with a couple losses that we found out about, I still think the defense will be good. So Fitz factor in the defense alone, that's enough for this to be, to look good. Um, oh, and then the schedule. I mean, getting Maryland mm. and Sparty is huge I, that for is. them. That's a huge thing yes. for them. So I, I think these are, Definite things that are going to, at at the absolute very least, Northwestern will look a lot better in 2020 than they did in 2019. What is the pains? Again, you kind of touched on it. I do, like, right now, the only thing on the offense that I feel good about is Peyton Ramsey. And now you're shoehorning him into a brand new offense, brand new setting. That stuff takes time for any quarterback. So when the bright spot is the quarterback, but you have no idea how he's going to plug into the system. It kind of almost winds up being a negative at that point, I guess. But all right, moving on to the Purdue Boilermakers. Obviously this wide receiver group is off the charts. Um, There's a thought process where you could, and almost anybody playing quarterback could throw to these receivers and probably look pretty good, especially when it's a quarterback coached by Jeff Brom, who I definitely think is a, signal caller whisperer so i do think the passing game will look good um the overall direction and feel and toughness that brahm gives to the football program they've got guys around you know not just receivers Karlafkis, lorenzo neal king to like there are players around the team that are pretty good so that's that's good the bad part is just you know i i don't feel great about the o-line at all I don't feel good about the running game. I don't feel good about how they're going to, at times, potentially have to learn lean on a defense that is newly coached by Bobby Disco. The 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 putting that passing game, the strength of the team is the passing game. As we head into the crappiest weather parts of the year, it's just really hard for me to to separate that from the 2020 Purdue Boilermakers. Yeah. Um Gonna echo a lot of what you just said there. I guess you, you know, you mentioned the receivers. I won't go into that. You mentioned Jeff Brown, great play, play caller. They can't possibly have the injuries that they had last year, right? So that, I'm 
I'm using that as a plus. They're going to be more healthy than they were last year. That can't, that can't happen two years in a row. Um, kind of same with the run game. It, it, it can't be can't possibly be that bad again. And it was looking better at the end of last year. I'm glad you mentioned the weather. So imagine a passing offense. And uh, I've said this before. It doesn't affect an NFL player as much. A lot of these guys just have not played in this kind of weather before. So it'll be their first time, especially some of their Florida players, you know? So if you're relying on the pass and you don't have a great D and your pass game is not getting it done that day, it's going to be a long day. So for me, Weather is one of the biggest things, and just the O-line being able to get a push there. Great. And, and I think the coaching staff top to bottom, I love Jeff Brown as a play caller. Love, love Jeff Brown as a play caller. But I think the coaching staff top to bottom um, is not one of the better ones in the in the West. Okay, moving on to the last team, Wisconsin Badgers. First thing, the gains. They're still the Wisconsin Badgers. They have won four out of six of the last West titles. And then there's just this defense. Oh, my gosh. This defense could be – I mean, it's hard to imagine them being better than last year. But on paper, they might be a little better than last year. The Paynes, no Jonathan Taylor. You don't just replace he's, – he's a J.K. Dobbins, you know, similar type of thing. And they lean more on J- Jonathan Taylor than Ohio State ever leaned on Jonathan or J.K. Dobbins. And then also not having Cone, that veteran out there, at least to start the season, and starting with a guy that has never played a collegiate football game. Before, I mean, I feel like even if you said that the Wisconsin offense was just average, we're talking like the 68th ranked offense. Sure. I still think this team could win six games because of the overall direction and feel of the program and just how lethal that defense is. Like it's going to be suffocating for all that play that defense. So, but it, so now switching to the offense, I don't think it's going to be that, you know, it's not going to take that big of a step back. It's still going to be a good offense. OK, but getting to the pains, I really do think it's going to be a situation where at some point in the year, some Wisconsin fans are going to be like, oh, actually, those 68 yard runs by JT were actually pretty big part of our offense the last two, three years. Like I I. I don't think I've gotten enough feel. I'm going off of a couple Badger fans I've talked to and a couple people on Twitter, but they they seem to be glancing over the the home run threat of JT a, a little bit more than they should. And I think to a certain degree, you can put that on Quintez Cephas as sure. well. So yep. I, I have confidence that they'll find a, a target for pass catcher, that they'll be okay there. Not not as much of a drop-off there as I used to think. But but the overall home run, you know, JT thing, I think that could be a situation that just games that they had they had put away by 17 points in the fourth quarter last year could be a game that's within 10 or 8. And sure. it's, it's not quite as big of a gap as, as what it's been. All right, sir. Fair enough. Sounds good. All right, you're up for the picks. All right. So starting at the bottom here. Now, this I could see. I think there's there could I, be some difference. I think yeah. we'll have some differences, and I it, will. Can I throw this out? Yeah. Like, I know I already said it for the East, but this is even more <laughs> for the Big Ten West. Guys, somebody's got to finish second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Sure. I don't feel great about any of these. No, I don't, fe- I don't feel great about any of these either, and there's – there's just not a whole lot of play between like the top of the conference and the bottom of the conference. Well, I would say there's not a lot of play between the top teams 
And then there's not a lot of play between the that's, bottom. Okay, teams. that's probably more, like that's probably more fair. There's certain teams that there's no way I would move down low, and yes. there's certain teams that I was no way that would move high. But the jockeying between like let's say four to seven, my gosh, it could go about anywhere. Right. Is okay. That, okay. That's that's fair. So uh, remind me to stop after I get to my fourth place team. Okay. After I talk about my fourth place team, if I okay. don't remember. After you talk about your fourth. place After team. I talk okay. about my fourth place right. team. All right, for the seventh place team in the Big Ten West for the 2020 football season, I have, and I don't feel good about this, the Northwestern Wildcats sitting at three and five. Okay. So not a putrid team. I'm not picking them to be putrid, but I got their wins, Maryland, Michigan State, Minnesota. Picking an upset upset against Minnesota. Okay. Now at number six, also at three Three and and five, I have the Purdue Boilermakers. Okay. And I could see them finishing higher, but you know someone has to finish sixth, right? So I've got them beating Wisconsin in upset, beating Northwestern head to head, which is why they finished sixth, and then beating Rutgers. Okay. All right. Now we're up to fifth. This is where it starts getting real dicey. I have the Illinois Fighting Illini at fifth place. I've got them beating Purdue. I've got them beating Rutgers. I've got them beating Iowa in an upset. And I have them winning that last game at Northwestern to finish four and four on the season. Okay. So at four, I have the Nebraska Cornhuskers also at four and four, but winning the head-to-head against Illinois. So I got them beating Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue, and Minnesota. Okay. I'm supposed to tell you to make a mark here. Yeah. So those four teams, I mean, I could honestly see them finishing any in any order. Okay. That was so hard to do, those bottom four teams. Okay. But I do think there's a division, like you said, between the bottom of the the conference and the top of the conference. So now we're moving to the top of the conference. Up to third place in the Big Ten West for the 2020 season, I have the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, with losses at Minnesota, at Penn State, and that upset against Illinois. Okay? So now number two is between Wisconsin and Minnesota, the Paul Bunyan decision right here. And I have at two, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So I have them winning that head-to-head against Iowa, also finishing at five and three, both teams at five and three. But then I have them beaten Michigan, Maryland, Illinois, Purdue. Finally, the champion, Wisconsin Badgers in the West. I just couldn't get past them being Wisconsin. And what do you have for their record? Six and two. I got them losing to Purdue and losing to Iowa. Okay. All right. Um, we're a little bit different here. Good. Um, not a ton, just kind of some jockeying around. Um, so I was actually surprised to hear your seventh place team in the Big Ten West because I also have the Northwestern Wildcats. Okay. I have them at two and six with their wins being against the Big Ten East teams, Maryland and Michigan State, so I have them going 0 for 5, or 0 for uh, 6, excuse me, uh, with every team in the Big Ten West. I don't believe they'll get blown out one time this year, or if they do, it's like a weird turnover type of, you know, thing. Um, I, I, I cringe putting Northwestern last because I believe the Fitzy just football gods are going to, like, tear the roof off this building and and smite me down. Yes. But this is where I get to the, I somebody's got to finish last in this division and that's who i have there finishing right above them also at two and six is 
the Purdue Boilermakers, which is what you also have. I have them beating Northwestern, who we just talked about, and Rutgers. So they finish with the same record as the last place Northwestern Wildcats, but beating them head-to-head. At fifth, I have the Illinois fighting Illini at three and five. Um, one, the things that I like about Illinois is that the, the, you know, the overall experience that we talked about. The other thing too, is when we broke down every team, wasn't Illinois catching teams in a trappy moment, like four yeah. or five different yes, times? They were. That's going to pay off at some point for Illinois. You, you mentioned them beating Iowa. That's a trappy game. They, they were, they were the trap being sprung on like five teams. Correct. I think that's something that plays into how it's going to look. So then we get dicey, right? This is so we were we we both had the exact same for seven, six, and five. Here's where I got some flip-flop here, okay? At four and four, fourth in the West, I have the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Um, I got them losing versus Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. The next team that we have on there for the Minnesota fans that are hearing this and telling me and hearing me say Jeffrey the Greek that they're going to go four and four and have a disappointing year. You're welcome because every time I pick against Minnesota, they seem to to prove me wrong. So even in my my negativity towards your team, there's at least a little little gopher silver lining. So at number three, I have the Nebraska Cornhuskers also. At four and four, I uh, have them losing to Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Iowa, but I have them beating Minnesota. There's a little bit of a prove it there for me as well. Um, I need to see them beat Iowa. I need to see them beat Wisconsin. I need to see them beat those teams on the schedule that have the very well placed O and D line. Okay. Um, I think Minnesota probably has that O-line, but I'm concerned about the D-line, so I see some points in the field in that game when they play, something that Nebraska could pull off, you know, even being at home. I know there's no crowd, but it still makes a difference to me. So lot, a lot, you know, there's, there's wiggle room there, but that's how I have it right now. Okay, so that gets us up to the top two teams. Spoiler alert, I have them both at six and two. With the winner being head to head, which means the second place team is the Iowa Hawkeyes. So I have them losing to Penn State and Wisconsin. Uh, overall, looking like a pretty darn good team. But I just said how, you know, Minnesota and Nebraska, they got to beat Iowa and Wisconsin to prove it to me. Well, I got to use that same type of thought process on the Hawkeyes. I got to see them beat Wisconsin before I can prove to myself that they're the best team in the division, which is the 6-2 Big Ten West winning Wisconsin Badgers. I've got their losses being outside of the division, losing to Michigan and an upset loss versus Indiana. Truth be told, to a certain degree, I just couldn't pick chalk all the way through. I just had too much chalk going on, and maybe that had something to do with with Indiana uh, getting the win here against Wisconsin. Uh, but Wisconsin is Wisconsin, 6-2, and two, winning the division on the last game of the year in Kinnick Stadium at Iowa. All right, so... That gets us to the Big Ten champ. Something to add there? Or? Well, I was just going to say. So we were we were pretty similar in the yep. West too. You just basically flip flopped teams two, three, and four. Correct. You just mixed them up a little bit. Yeah. You. So you had. So I had. The, the only, well, the only big difference really 
is Minnesota. Minnesota for me. I have them all the way down At to four. fourth, and, and you I, had them second. I had them. That's two. our big. That's our. But didn't we talk about when we broke down Minnesota? that they were the enigma wrapped in a riddle yes. with any team. Absolutely. So wouldn't it make sense, the one team that we had a two-spot variable, we didn't have yeah. any other team that had a one-spot variable between me and you. More than a one-spot. More than a one-spot, yep. excuse me. Minnesota being the only one, it almost makes perfect sense. Yeah, and that's e- how it worked out. Even the records, you're, we're, you're going through the records. I mean, very similar. Yeah, you, you yep. Northwestern Purdue off by one game as compared to me. You had Wisconsin the same record. You had Iowa one game off. Um, yeah. Would you have Illinois yet? Uh, I had Illinois four and uh, three and five. Excuse okay, me. Okay. I'm w- one game off from that at four and four. And yeah. then what did you have the Cornhuskers at? I had them at four and four. And I have them at four. I mean, we're very, very, very close. close. I mean, when you don't have big off, uh, out of conference games, it, it, it's, you can put a, can barely fit a piece of paper in between yeah. what these records are going to look sure. like. It's just going to be tough. And, you know, I just want to throw this out there. Could I see Northwestern finishing fourth or even third? Absolutely. Yes. Purdue as well. Absolutely. I, I could see Purdue screaming up the top. I know. Here. So I know we're going to get a lot of blowback. And and I again, I say this every year, I challenge you to do this on your own. And yeah. Try to come up with something that's, you know, that, that some people aren't going to get upset at because someone has to finish last. Someone has to finish first. Yep. Okay. Uh, so that gets us to the Big Ten Championship. This makes it pretty easy. We both have Ohio State playing Wisconsin. I see a close game, but the 2020, I guess we can, uniformed eyes on big winner, we think will be the Ohio, Ohio State, State Buckeyes. Buckeyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt says it with a little bit of a yeah. disappointing voice because, you know, again, like we kind of touched on um, when we got the podcast going, I always like hoped, you know, like we would, you know, we would differ in, in blue bloody chalky type of stuff, but we can't be, we can't be douchebags about it. Like I'm not picking against Ohio state just because no, they I w- deserve to be picked to win the, the conference for both of us. I don't know what else to say. Here's it. the thing. I would love to see upheaval, not just in the big 10, but in all of college football. So believe me, I, I, I don't want it to be a chalk season, but and I believe I'm going to take it a step further. They will be nine and zero. They're going to 100 percent get into the uh, college football playoff. Penn State has got themselves a shot. So yeah, they do. One thing I thought about is that I mean, obviously Penn State has a shot if they go nine and zero and and win the Big Ten conference. Okay. Um, but what I would even say is, did the Big Ten have a little bit of strategy going on, putting Penn State, Ohio State the second week of the season? Why? Let's say Ohio State wins that game 28-27, to and Penn State rolls on after that and finishes 8-1. and Would they not have more momentum going at the end of the year to potentially get two Big Ten teams into the college football playoff? As we all know, it's better to lose early than late. So I really think there's some good news there for for either one of those teams that Correct. could potentially lose. In fact, I'd go so far as to say if if Penn State goes nine and zero and Ohio State goes eight and one, we're getting two Big Ten teams. <laughs> you could see that for into sure into the college football playoff, no doubt. Um, now the only thing that's tough about that is you know who gets kicked out. Right now, I mean, I I don't even know if the Pac-12. We don't even really know if they're even attempting to get into the college football playoff, the Big 12 looks like a dumpster fire. Sure. So, I mean, Oklahoma State, I guess, right now. Could, but yeah, you're you're, you're right. I mean, it's probably going to be the way like it's looking ten, right like now. Like a 10-0 Oklahoma State gets in over the second-place Big 10 team in our scenario that we're throwing out here. I believe that. Yes. But 
would you put a, I mean, God help my soul, but a nine and one uh, Iowa State team who lost at home to Louisiana Lafayette, are you putting them in over Penn State? I mean, it's the first game of the season, like we said, lose early, but boy, that would be tough to do. So I think you could realistically say that the Pac-12 is out, 99% out. The Big 12 is 80? 75, right? Yeah, somewhere around there. Out. So then someone's got to get two, and it's not going to be the ACC. It, I, the ACC will just be Clemson. Yep. And right now, I mean, who's who's the second best team in the SEC? Yeah, we didn't. They're we, not playing. We don't really already. know. This is as good of a chance that the Big Ten has ever had to get two teams into the college football. Boy, that'd be playoff. awesome. Wouldn't it be great if if Penn State, Ohio State get in? <laughs> I know we're jumping way ahead here. Right. On opposite sides of the bracket. Yes. And you know, someone pulls an upset, and we get a rematch of Ohio State, Penn oh, State in the college football playoff. That'd be so cool. With that being boy said, lots of variables, but I believe the Ohio State Buckeyes will be the college football playoff champions this year. Oh, I, yep, you're going that far. I am going that far. I Clemson looks amazing. That it to me, they're they're the number. I I, I am just just like like I, I'm getting so excited to think about the a rematch of Clemson, Ohio State oh, yes. coming in the college football playoff. Like, seriously, I just got goosebumps. That would be incredible. With a different officiating crew. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 100% different officiating crew. Okay, so a couple things we got to give a shout-out to Perkins Penguins, yep. one of our Penn State listeners. Yes, thank you. He's the one that put together the spreadsheet that the Greek and I are using or used for this episode to make all our predictions. He made, made life Oh like, my gosh! Oh, ten times. He saved me probably two hours of work easily doing this these easily. picks. Yeah, it's I mean, so easy for him. I didn't spend as much time last year as I did the first year. I spent hours upon hours the first year. Last year, I kind of cut it down to maybe two or three hours going through it. It probably took me forty-five minutes to make my picks this year. And what we're talking about is this very interactive spreadsheet where you just play around with it. You 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 pick. Yeah, you know what? What happens if? And Nebraska wins this game. And it it automatically populates the loss for the team that they're playing. It's great. And then adds up the losses and the wins together. There's probably a lot of people under the age of 27 that are like, well, yeah, that's easy. I can do that easy. You just open the macros and you just use the differential (laughs) equations of the thermodynamic properties. And it's right there. So um, one more thing. I think we should uh, take screenshots of the picks and post them on uh, the old tweeters. Let's do that. Yeah, I got so, mine. Yeah, I'll do that later so it's a clean one. And Yep. Yeah, so everyone can take a look at our picks and Once bash we us. post the pod. Yeah, once we post the okay. pod, of course. All right. Good. All right. Yep. Okay. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. We will see you very, very soon. <laughs>